Give him a shot to do what? Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JTandTheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. We are presented by Give Us a Shot Network. Remember to please subscribe to them on their YouTube channel and subscribe to JT and the Don All Sports Podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful introduction and the kind words, and to our guy Mike Regina for the JT and the Don pump-up music. We have a a great show in store for you today. So without any further ado, let me welcome in my partner in crime and everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How are you feeling today? This feels like a setup. Why are you being so nice to me? You 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 must either not have done your research for this show or you just feel like your answers aren't good enough. Which one listen, is it? Listen, we take, when you're, when you're this nice to me off the bat. It's always it's a smokescreen. We take you and I take our duties very serious on on this brand that we've built of JT and the Don. And, you know, I always do my research. Oh, I, when I you start talking away. like this, that means you did hours of research. <laughs> I'm expecting some groundbreaking answers that's not even available like on ESPN. So that, the expectation that's right. is high. That's why people come and listen to us because you're not going to get some of these answers uh, on on ESPN. Hey, with that being said, let's get into it, man. Hey, the hot topic right now is NFL running backs. So with three running backs, Saquon, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders, and Tony Pollard all receiving the franchise tag and not coming to an agreement on a long-term deal with their teams, only Pollard has signed this franchise tag. The other two are holding out. Many running backs have taken to social media, including Najee, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, to voice their support for their fellow running backs and the frustration that they're feeling of not getting respect in the free agent market. So, Don, as we've talked about this, but we're going to talk about it again. Are running backs in the NFL being too undervalued? So too undervalued, not just undervalued, but too undervalued. I mean, when you put it that way, Maybe the elite running backs are being a little bit too undervalued. And we're talking guys like Saquon in in this particular instance. I wouldn't put Pollard and Jacobs quite in Barkley's, you know, um, tier. So but when you're talking guys like Saquon, maybe they are a little too undervalued. But generally speaking of the position, even though. You know, I love running backs. I love watching Barry Sanders. No, you don't. Back, back in the day. No, you yeah, don't. Back in the day, Marcus no, 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 no. First of all, first of all, we're not going to We're not going to lie on this show, and I'm we're not going to just – we're not going to have a revisionist history. You I'm, absolutely hate running backs. No. You, no, no, they, no if anything, no. these running backs need to come to you and give yeah. you all the smoke because you have been pushing this for years you that don't. running backs don't deserve long-term contracts. You were mad when Todd Gurley got his deal. And what's your world-famous quote when it comes to running backs in the NFL? Don't shy away from it now. What is it? I don't have one. I'm I'm going to tell everybody. Yo, for for everyone that knows he's lying, his famous motto when it comes to NFL running backs is tag them till they die. That's literally what he has said on this show. So I don't know where this love for the running back is coming from. I I knew you had something up your sleeve. Continue with your lie. All right. I don't know if that's exactly what I said, but anyway, but generally speaking of the position, I, I, I mean, I don't think they're too undervalued. Um, and first you got to look at one thing, the non-elite versus the elite players. So when you look at non-elite JT, the 49ers do a running back by committee. what they do last year? Then they went in and got the elite of the elite in Christian McCaffrey. And guess what? Couldn't get him to another Super level because they didn't have a quarterback. Okay. But Exactly my point. You need the quarterback. You need but the guess, defense. Yes, you. Yes, you do. And we'll talk about that. You do need a quarterback. But to act like 
the days of Tom Brady are over where it's like all you need is him and then, you know, the team will figure the rest out. Like, you need well, running backs. Well, okay, hold on. I'll, I'm going to get to that. So then you look at the elite players. And recently it was like Saquon and then Zeke when he signed his contract at the time, right? No Super Bowl. No Super Bowl appearances. No conference championship appearances. And you look at you look at the last 10 Super Bowls going back to 2014. And I know you've heard me say this before. Look at all those running backs that the teams that won a Super Bowl, the only truly like really good to great running back. I wouldn't even say he was elite was Marshawn Lynch. You look at everybody else is, is basically a committee or a guy that is 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 good. Pro Bowl type. Kansas but I hate, City. But I hate yeah. that narrative, though. No, no, no. Hold on. Because because that but let me finish. The no, but that but that but that is floating around. Oh, this. The last 10 Super Bowl winners, they basically had scrub, cheap running backs. And it's like... That's not true. Let me get to Break it down, team. though. Be okay, honest I'm, I'm about those teams. Listen, Kansas City, Philly, New England. Let's admit it. They didn't have just one guy. Even Miles Sanders. But you look, they didn't overpay for him. They did a good job drafting. And then they let him walk. And they got a Super Bowl. And you look at Tampa. Who was their running back? Leonard Fournette. Very good. Pro Bowl type guy. But... They're not paying 12, 13 million over four or five years for the guy. And you look at Denver when they won their Super Bowl. Baltimore in 2013 had Ray Rice, again, a very good running back at the time before he did everything, you know, wrong off the field. But he let's face it, he's not Saquon Barkley. Ray Rice was was not in that tier of Christian Oh, don't Patrick. disrespect. Ray, Ray Rice was nice. He was one of the top backs in the league. You, you want to talk about a guy that can run and catch? I understand, but again, he didn't win the Super Bowl. And I'll tell you why you don't need a running back to win a Super Bowl. The last time there was a running back Super Bowl MVP, do you know who it was in what year? You're going to tell me. I'm going to tell you because you don't some know. Stealer, some stealer in the 80s. <laughs> well, we didn't win anything in the, in the 80s. You had to go back to 1998, Terrell Davis. That's the I last time a running back was an MVP in a Super Bowl. But think about it. That correlates to when the league started to go to a passing league. And that's my other point. Like, sorry, it's the nature of the position nowadays. It is a passing league. The, re the receivers are going to get their money. And the, the example is Le'Veon Bell, right? Steelers ran him into the ground. He had that one major injury on the perfect hit. He sits out. And as you get to 29 years old, it's a fact. Your stats, production, go downhill. And the receivers are in their prime at 29, and quarterbacks haven't even hit their prime yet in 29 anymore at the age of 29. So you're going to spend $16 million on a running back. That's 7% of the cap. And the sticking point is the guarantees. You could be on the hook for years with a running back. If you sign Barkley to a massive deal now, he gets hurt. He's done. Like Gurley, you, you're on the hook for four or five years. This isn't baseball where you just pay them and it doesn't hurt the salary cap. I get what you're saying. Do running backs take more contact on average than players on the field? Yes, I will say this. But to say that you don't need them to win a Super Bowl, I think is false. And let's look at the last 10 Super Bowls because that's all everyone's talking about. Oh, the last 10 Super Bowls, basically no star running backs on those teams. Let's break it down. Four of those Super Bowls were won by Tom Brady. Two by Patrick Mahomes. So that's six right there that belong to literally two people. And then the rest of these, the Seahawks, the Broncos, and the Eagles, I mean, those might be top 15 defenses all time when you look at those teams. So those are those are those are not the rule. Those are exceptions. The only Super Bowl that sticks out to me where exceptions. maybe you just you just read the last six Super Bowls. How's I'm just saying though, but I'm saying though, these are all these are all these are all-time great quarterbacks. These are all-time great quarterbacks. Most teams don't have this, so you do need a running back. The Rams. In 2021 is the only team where I'm like, you know what? They can't, they maybe got lucky. Like they could have you, they could use a running back. Like they need a running back. They got lucky. Like if Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes are on on these teams, like these teams aren't winning Super Bowls without a running back. Like it's not even possible. Take Patrick Mahomes off the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Is Isaiah Pacheco getting them? Isaiah Pacheco getting them to a Super Bowl? They, you need running backs. You need a good one. He's not doing that by himself.
But it goes to I'm glad Jason Curtis and you left that comment up. I'd rather spend 50 million on a quarterback like a Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, or Brady, and five on a running back like a Miles Sanders or a James White or whoever you I get, I get that. I get 40, that. I get that. Then 40 on a quarterback who's a Kirk Cousins, and then 15 on a running back like a Dalvin Cook. I don't I'm I'm not I'm not saying the franchise quarterback is not important. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is don't fall for the false narrative that every team is just a year or development away from getting them a Mahomes. Like it's not true. Like you're naming the elite of elite quarterbacks. You name two guys, Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. They were in the Super Bowl for a reason. That's not like, true. Kirk, if Nick Kirk Cole. Cousins, if Kirk Cousins doesn't have a running back like Dalvin Cook, like they're not good. Nick, Most teams Nick are like Foles, that. Nick Foles won, and you said they had a great defense. But they had an all-time team. great defense, and the, they had a good team. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. To say all-time great, not not. Bro, that go back year. and look at that not, defense. It's pretty loaded. Not, not that year. Not all-time great. Was it great? Sure. All-time great is different. They're not the eighty-five Bears or the seventy-six. I didn't say that, but they're, they're, you're acting yes, like you they are. weren't top defense you said in the league. All-time great. That's what they we're, were talking great. about. Even okay, this Philly great, defense that went to great, the Super Bowl. Like, great, you look at the stats, like, they should great. be up there. They were great. Not all-time great. But but you're proving the point. Yes, it's easy to find an elite running back. Everyone I don't think it is. A lot of them have elite running backs. I don't think backs. it is easy to find an elite running back. What's well, your definition of an elite it's running easier, back? It's easier to find an elite running back than the elite quarterback. But guess what? You can find the elite running back. If you don't got the quarterback that's up the par, you never win the Super Bowl. But if you have the elite quarterback, you can have an average running back by committee and get the job done. Hey man, it's all I gotta say, it's all I gotta fact. say is this is this is because Sean McVay is just mad that Todd Gurley ruined his little yeah. Hall of Fame Wonder Kid yeah. run. Everybody was glazing him up. He was going to be the next greatest, you know, best coach of all time. And Todd Gurley. Made him look that way, and then Todd Gurley got hurt, and then all of a sudden everybody's pissed at the running backs now. Like, blame the Rams. Like, everyone knew Todd Gurley's knees were bad coming out of Georgia. Like, they're the ones that decided to pay him. That's not Todd Gurley's fault. If anything, Todd Gurley gave it all he had until he couldn't but do it. They proved the point. Everyone learned from they that. They don't know what they're doing. They learned from that. So now you're upset. Now you're upset because everyone learned from the Rams' mistake. Don't be upset. Jay but Rattler, it had nothing to do with the position. Todd Gurley was already damaged before he came into the run, league. Everyone running, knew his knees were bad. If you don't have an elite running back, you can just do it by committee. I, yeah, I agree with Jay Oh, whatever. I, 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 dis I disagree. Don't so, disagree with our fans. Don't disagree with our fans. I can do what I want. See, so, that's your attitude. So that, bottom, bottom line is how can, how can the running backs fix the money issue? Well, I mentioned it before. There's two ways. Well, one – we always talk about through the CBA, but guess what? <laughs> like, meaning remove the two-time tag. Yeah, you want to tag us once, that's fine, but you can't do two. But the problem is, JT, the CBA, the current one, that's effective until March of 2030. So you can't fix it right now. You got seven years. So the other way is, this is what I would say, do shorter contracts if you're the running back, if you're the agent, but a higher percentage of guaranteed money. So take less on the yearly average, but guarantee, ask for 90% guaranteed, 95% guarantee to the contract and do it for a shorter time. Like, don't try to get the bank when you're eligible. Meaning, let's say Barkley was eligible. Let's say after the third year, they picked up his fifth year option. After the fourth year, he was eligible for an extension, right? So he's guaranteed that fifth year, add on just a two-year extension. So now you're guaranteed money the next three years. You're guaranteed the fifth the team option for the fifth year, which is guaranteed. And then if you guarantee the next two after that, just say, you know what? Pay me two years, 25 mil, but guarantee 23 of it. All right. So now you have literally three years of guaranteed money. You become a free agent again at 26, 27. If you've been balling out, all right, they got to make a decision. So at least at the worst case, you've already banked 50 million before they can even tag you. I, I truly think, that's the way to go nowadays, but we'll, we'll see. I can get with you on that. I mean, the bottom line is they can't really do much until CBA is reworked. I mean, that's that's what it is. Because the seven idea, years, bro. The, the ideal, the ideal thing would be to fix how much they get paid when they come into the league. Like maybe I'm fighting for a look. Like if I'm a running back and I get drafted within a certain round, like like my my rookie contract is fully guaranteed. Like I would be fighting for that. The real answer to the question is running backs. Stay in college as long as you can and get that NIL money. Like, that's that's really the answer to the question. Blake Corum 
It's showing you guys the way. Now, the guys that are in the league, they can't do that. But all the up and coming running backs, like if you ain't Bijan Robinson and you're going to be a first round pick, he's the highest. He's one of the highest paid or the highest paid running back, I think, this year, which is crazy. He hasn't played a snap yet. But if you're not in that caliber of being drafted, go back to school. Do not declare early. Go back to your school. Get all the NIL money you can and just see where you land in the NFL. Like Blake Corum gonna be a rich man before he even gets drafted in the fourth or fifth round next year. That's that, the smart way to go. That NIL money is guaranteed once you sign a contract. You just got to show up to a couple of appearances, you know. There we go. So Germ says, "Looking good, fellas. Thank you, Germ. Great show the other night. You're actually making us look good with these graphics. We we see you in the background. Real man, that man Germ. coming Thank through you. in the clutch. Thank I like you. it." Jason Curtis says, "Here's the different question. There is a cap. If running backs are underpaid." Who is overpaid it has to come from somewhere. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's either it's either the quarterbacks or, <laughs> or the, the receivers. I think it's the corner. I think it's cornerbacks. Well, if you have a shutdown corner, receivers. if you have a, a legit shutdown corner, it's worth it. But they do overpay for corners. You're right. Because as soon as they get the money, all of a sudden it's like they don't know how to cover all of a sudden. Like Jalen Ramsey been getting paid a hundred million dollars. And I'm like, I'm not seeing the Jalen Ramsey that I remember in Jacksonville, where it's like you don't throw to him. Like if I'm paying we'll you hundred million dollars, I'm expecting Revis Island where I'll look at the sheet of all the receivers you've covered three catches, 30 yards. And that's, that's it. That's what I'm expected for a hundred million dollars. We'll see. I think some receivers are overpaid too, right? Their, their production isn't always as, as good as you think. But I think um, receivers, it's tricky because I think their, their production is tied to volume. So like AJ Brown would disagree with you, but I mean, also he's like heavily targeted. So it just depends on the situation they end up in. I will say receivers production is they're too dependent on other people. Whereas like a corner, you it's you. You go out there, you're supposed to lock people down. Like quarterback, you go out there, you're supposed to make it happen. I would go with those two positions as being overpaid because everything depends on what they do themselves. I agree. It depends on the quarterback. I don't think Mahomes is overpaid. So I mean, not you as go a football on, you, you go into the best. I'm talking about all these average dudes. Like Kirk Cousins yeah. getting a fully guaranteed contract every I time. Like I understand that. Put that up. I, that's why I did the exception. That's how you use the exception to the rule, not like you. Well, the last six, but those are exceptions. All right. So this past Monday, Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston reported that Bill Belichick is on the hot seat heading into the 2023 season. Curran stated, and I quote here, he's on the hot seat and he's been there on different levels of warmth since 2019 end of quote so jt will the patriots fire coach belichick if he has a bad season nah Kraft has too much respect for him he'll let him resign i mean we're talking about probably <laughs> the best coach if not one of the best coaches in not just nfl but just like sports history like bill belichick is that guy like you don't you don't you don't fire those guys bill belichick like he gets a retirement party not the turning your playbook treatment. So there's no way he's getting fired. So what do you consider a bad season by the Patriots this year? Like six be... wins or less. I think if they're six and 11, I think he stays. If they're at like four wins, JT. I... Well, hold on. No, be... Let's, let's this just, is let's four just go... seasons now. This let's go what, DefCon five. Been, let's go DefCon five. Let's say let's say he gets the Pat Fitzgerald special one win. Does he get fired? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I actually do. No, think he'll he resign. He'll resign. No, he'll, there'll be health problems and he'll have to the step away thing. from the team. No, no, no. But it's the same thing because he'd go try to find another place. That's the difference. If no, you resign and retire, that's one thing. But resign and fire nowadays, especially when it comes to Belichick, he not he not resigning. Belichick, you know he's not resigning. I think he will. Kraft would like Kraft would you, you know why Belichick will resign? Because I don't see him going anywhere else. First of all, I don't see him going to college. And I don't see him going anywhere else to be not a head coach. Like can you imagine Bill you, Belichick being a defensive coordinator next think, year somewhere? No on, way. You don't you don't think if you Hell no, he's too great. He's too great. The no, no, only no, no, the no, only no, way no, the only way I don't see him stepping no, away from no, no, the NFL no, is no, if no, no. He gets another head coaching job or they make him a GM somewhere. But, but that's what I'm saying. You don't see him – you don't see anyone hiring him as a head coach? 
mean, in the NFL. You have, but you have like guys don't come out of re, out of retirement. Like Urban Meyer has been retired like five times. Like it happens. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like someone's gonna hire him. That's what I'm saying. He's not retiring. They're gonna have to force him out. And listen, Lombardi, he does what Scotty, Scotty, our our guy Scotty. Listen, he does want Shula's record, but Kraft has made it clear he don't give like a damn. Said, never he, don't, he don't give a dang about that record. He wants to win, and he wants to win Super Bowls. And that's the thing. Kraft got greedy, and I think that's going to come back to haunt him. You don't you don't force a guy out like Belichick for what he's done to your organization. He's created your organization. He really has. You may be the owner, but he's created. And listen, you got to trust Kraft, though. He knew who he wanted. He went and got Belichick. And so I think he may be sitting out there saying, you know what? This ain't going to happen. We're not winning another title. We have to move on. And listen, Lombardi's exit from Green Bay, JT, I don't know if you know the history of it. It was a messy one. He resigned. He went to the front office as GM. A year later, he had the itch. He basically doesn't even do their own draft in Green Bay, lets the coach or someone do it. A week later after the draft, he's out the door to Washington. So I, I can see this being messy. This, this is this is a good comment because I was actually gonna I was actually gonna bring this up to you. So Jerem says Bill's style is past its expiration date. I don't it doesn't work anymore. And I'm curious to see if it was Brady, not Bill. So this this begs to to begs the question. Is Bill Belichick greatest coach of all time, or is he the MLM of coaches where he found one superstar and that superstar brought in everybody else and they performed well as a team and Bill just got the residuals of that performance? No, nah, come on. It, it, it was both of them. You're talking about superstars. What superstars did they win actual Super Bowls with besides two? I'm saying Tom Brady. Like he brought in one superstar and everybody oh. performed well under him. Like is, is Bill Belichick – Really the best of all time, or is he like a multi-level marketing coach? You it's, find one star it's, it's and they both. do all the work for you. Nah, it, it, it's both. You still like Brady ain't affecting the defense, the special teams. I'm sorry. That that's preparation with Belichick, game plan. And you know, if you ever watch some of those documentaries, man, Brady's in Belichick's office all the time. Those guys work really well together professionally, business-wise. To I've come to learn, I thought it was Belichick. But once Brady left, I've come to learn it was both. And to say, well, Brady did it on his own. You know what, though? If Brady wasn't drafted by New England, given a chance by Belichick, and really tutored in by Belichick in the way it's done, I don't think he wins that Super Bowl on his own in Tampa, even, I mean, even though he had more talent in Tampa than he ever did in New England. I mean, if we really want to be, if we really want to be honest, you – the AFC East being so bad for 20 years is more responsible for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick than them themselves. Like, let's just that. keep it real. We, like, we, we've said that for before. you to be of in course. a division where three of the teams in that division that's are just absolutely games. garbage for two decades. Six like, games. yeah, that's that's the success right there. So, six we talked about this. Yeah, we've talked. I digress, about it. but that's what it is. All right, so let's go. Let's go talk about your guy, because I mean, it's it's crazy how you just not riding for him anymore. He he was the best player in the league according to you all these years. But let's go switch gears to the NBA. It's still July, and that means NBA offseason. Damian Lillard still has not done anything yet, so I'm still waiting on that. But Joel Embiid, rumors are out there. He might be out in Philly. He's saying, oh, I want to I want to win a championship somewhere. I don't know where that's going to be. So should Philly trade him this offseason with all the rumors swirling around where Embiid will play next year? Well, you did a disservice to all my writer's work here. I right? do. I do. I read do the quote. Sometimes. Read the quote. Nah, read just the answer quote. the question. All right. So the end of the quote was Embiid saying all of that. I don't know where it's going to be, whether it's Philly or anywhere else. All right, that's the key point of it. Listen, no, they shouldn't trade him. Like, they can't. He's 29 years old in his prime. And I'll tell you what, JT, he has surprised me with how durable he's actually been able to be. I thought he would be like Zion and missing 60 games at a time. Well, he had been Zion up until well, the past but, couple of years. Well, that's my point, though. The last couple of years, he's been so you got to ride that wave. And listen, it's hard to win titles. It really is. And I think you have to keep building around him and, again, trust the process. Trust the process. The reason for the process was so you would not stink and you wouldn't stink for 10 years anymore. 
and that you would have title hopes every year for the next 10 years. And that's what you have with Embiid. You blowing it up. I don't care who you trade him for. You're never going to get that value in return that he's worth. And by doing that, you're basically saying, we're giving up. We're rebuilding. Trust the process all over. You got lucky the first time. Go ask Orlando. Yeah. Go ask Minnesota how long Every, it's taken. Everything comes back. <laughs> everything Orlando does it. Magic. Oh, and I'm glad you brought up. I'm glad you brought up Orlando. Go I did it. You did. Go ask them how they've done since <laughs> Dwight Howard. Ask New Orleans since they got rid of CP3 how difficult it's been. And they've had number one overall draft picks. Anthony Davis, he wants out. Zion can't stay healthy. Like you, you picks aren't just guaranteed to be Hall of Famers. Like him, especially nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Listen, the idea of tanking and picks—that's a great fantasy, but in reality, it's a disappointment. Yeah, I agree with you. And to be honest, this is why people hate Philadelphia fans. Like, in what sport does a guy come off an MVP season in his prime, and immediately that following off season, you're talking about trading him? Like, this is ridiculous. Nobody should want to play there. Absolutely not. You should not trade Joel Embiid. Like, just look at what he's done. First of all, top three player in the league at worst. Offense and defense. You just can't replace that no matter how many picks you get in return, what players you think are going to come in and do well. Like, you're not getting a Joel Embiid. And just look what he's done. Back-to-back scoring champ. You tell me when the last time a big man has done that. Like, I don't know when. It hasn't been very, very often. Like, you're just going to throw that away? Because if this was Jokic, this would never come up, even if he hadn't won a championship yet. Like, you don't get rid of guys like Joel Embiid. Like, he's too special. He's too valuable. Like, the fact we're even talking about this is embarrassing. Philly, you will regret this. This will be worse than LeBron leaving Cleveland. Like, you don't get rid of guys like Joel Embiid. But I will say this. The interesting team that's floating around out there is the New York Knicks. And I feel like they're always tied to everyone. Does the people actually still want to go to New York? I don't know. But hey, MSG still a place I gotta go catch a basketball game. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna catch a loss. So <laughs> what will Embiid do if he's traded to the Knicks? Let's say that happens. Okay. Oh, he gets them to the playoffs, automatic playoff team. And he probably helps them win a playoff series finally. Listen, man, Madison Avenue, get ready if Embiid is coming, right? He's going to steal the town. He's going to steal the show from Aaron Rodgers easily because the Jets are going to be awful. Knicks are going to be on the rise. Playoffs, win a playoff series. That's going to be the hot ticket in town. You're going to be watching Embiid. And I tell you, he's going to get all these marketing endorsements being in New York. This would be the best move for him because guess what? It doesn't get any more difficult than Philly fans. You could win the title in Philly. You got to pay that state tax. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But you can win the title in Philly. And, you know, at the parade, they'd be chanting, we want another one. Right? They'd never be satisfied, like you just said. But in New York, he'd be a god. He'd be Walt Frazier. He'd be Willie Reed. If if Joel Embiid won a championship for the Knicks, they would hold on to this longer than (laughs) – than, than the championship in Boston with Pierce and Garnett and Ray Allen. Shoot, longer than the Jets Super Bowl with Joe Namath. They would hold on to this forever. Yep. No, I, I agree with you. I think if he went to the New York Knicks, first of all, I think they'd obviously make the playoffs and surpass the 76ers in year one just for him to break down and his body betray him by year two by playing under Tom Thibodeau. So it's like, does he really want to go there? Because I don't, I don't want to play for Coach Thibodeau. Like, especially if I'm in B, like we just talked about him staying healthy. Like you got lucky. The injury gods have blessed you the past two years. Like the worst thing you could do is just send him to a guy like Tom Thibodeau. So we'll talk about, we'll talk about some of this a little bit later, but yeah, I think he'll obviously make them a playoff team. Like you said, and they'll probably win a series if he goes there. Well, I think the GM would have to step in and kind of tell Tibbs, Hey, we do have to manage. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, what's with these practices? What's with these three hour practices? Physical practice. Do you, like, do you really see Dolan stepping in doing something sensible like no, no, that? The like GM, the GM. I don't think uh, Dolan's not the GM. I mean, I feel like Dolan runs the show. <laughs> he likes to think that, bro. Do we even who's the GM of the Dicks? Do we know? Uh, isn't it Rose? Last name Rose. The fact that we all know him tells me it's Dolan. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. Have the have the stat department look it up. Hold on, I'll I'll look it up while you read the next question. Uh, next question is definitely you. Wow, this guy. <laughs> 
You, you're not going to ask where he should get, want to get traded. That's realistic. Because I know if I, I know if I answer this question, you got about. You're going to be like I'm hating. All right, so we're going to say it anyway. All right, he wants me to ask where should Joel Embiid want to go realistically, like realistically, a place where he could land. Where should that team be? All right, so it's it's uh, Scott Perry, the GM. He took over. Um, you say it was Le- Rose for Leon Rose? <laughs> yeah, Leon Rose was the GM up until 2020. I'm three years behind with the Knicks. Sorry, it's not like I followed the Knicks. So where should he go? Really, listen. If I'm him, you bring up a good point with Tibbs. But if I'm him, I gave you all the reasons why you want to go to New York. The only other team I would throw in there that's realistic for both sides outside the Knicks because I have them number one. Is um is the Nets, you know, Mikel Bridges? They're somewhat rebuilding, but they have those pieces that they get an Embiid. He makes them a play instant playoff team. And listen, there's no pressure there. You're going to play second fiddle to the Knicks. It's not Philly fans. Anything you do there is better than what Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Harden did. Win win. You're gonna hate me. This is exactly why I didn't want to answer this question. <laughs> It's only one correct answer. It's the is Miami it what, Heat. Is it what Jason Curtis says? It's the Miami Heat, man. It's the Miami Heat because we're the closest team style-wise that can surround the team around um, Joel Embiid that I think he'll be successful. And I've talked about this in the past. The 76ers need to build a team around Embiid like the Magic built around Dwight Howard. Shooters that can hit spot-up shots and allow him to do damage with spacing in the mid-range and in the paint. Like, that's the ideal fit. Miami could do that. Like, that's how we're built. Shooters on the corners and guys that can get their own bucket, they go at their own risk from the mid-range to the to the paint. And he'll be surrounded by all that in Miami. Like, he'll, he'll be an elite rim protector for us. And he's tops defensively, like, every year. And now you add him to the Heat as a team that the way they coach in their system, they're one of the top teams defensively every year. I think Miami is where he not only can get a championship, but – you're going to talk about maximizing his ability. It's definitely with the heat. So that's what I'm saying. And then to throw, throw something on top of this, I don't know what it is about Miami, but we have a thing about preserving guys that we think are just injured or too old to play too many games. And they come here and they find the fountain of youth. Shoot. I thought Jimmy Butler was broken down <laughs> before he came to the Miami. Heat. He played for Tibbs. Then he went to Philly. I was like, Oh man, there's no way he's going to last. Comes to Miami. keeps playing. I'm like, hey, look, man, there's no way he's going to last. Here he is, still going. So I think Miami will know how to handle Joel and beat the best while also getting the most out of him. Like, it's a no-brainer. If I'm him, I'm hitting up Pat Riley like, yo, how can I get to South Beach? Let's make it happen. That's his best bet. No way he should want to go to the Dicks. Well, Jason Curtis, thanks for commenting and watching again. He agrees with you, JT. And Jason, Thank you. That's, that's true. Jason and I are going to have a talk because we don't agree with JT, all right? He also adds reunite and beat and Jimmy – should have never been separated and no state income tax. Yeah, exactly. Right there. I know you think I'm playing around. You're like, oh, well, Miami can't get everybody. Anybody that wants to get traded and is a free agent, Miami should be at the top of your destination list. But you can't get everyone. Everyone. No, I'm not agent. saying we can. Hey, Miami, but every, Miami, but like, everybody should be like, hey, I want to go to Miami. Am, am, I, am I able to come there? And then we make the decision. I understand. And how come... There's always the Orlando Magic always find their way into the conversation. Because we're talking about Embiid. Like, like Dwight Howard took them to an NBA finals with this exact formula. Like, Embiid could do this in Miami. And we already been there without him. Imagine if we had Joel Embiid in the series against Denver. Like, I think we win. If you have the same team? Yeah, same team. Well, let's let's say we swap out Bam and we swap out Bam for Embiid. I think we win. It's a heck of a series, man. It's going at least six. That's, that's code talk for we win. <laughs> I'll never admit that. All right. So as football season, in particular, college football season gets closer to opening kickoff uh, each day. The story right now that is stealing headlines is the hazing incident at Northwestern. That scandal has resulted in the firing of longtime head football coach and former Northwestern player Pat Fitzgerald. In addition to hazing allegations, at least Three former students of the football program detailed what is described as a pattern of racism from coaches and players, uh, according to the student newspaper from Northwestern University. This is not the first time 
that a racially discriminatory culture has been associated with the Big Ten football program. Back in 2020, Iowa football was also accused of a racially discriminatory culture. And in fact, the school settled that lawsuit just this past March for over $4 million. So JT, the question here, is there a hidden problem within football programs regarding culture and environments that coaches are either creating or kind of just turning a blind eye to? Yeah, I, I, I think there is. And I think the overall is this is what happens in any space that lacks diversity and consequences. And I think football in general is where you see that, especially at the coach and like the front office level. But do you understand the crazy stuff that happened? Like I, I was reading this. They were talking about they were making them do naked pull ups and rope swings, loofah lines. Like, what the hell is this? Like, what does this have to do? with winning games. Like I wouldn't want my kid to be a part of this at all. If I'm a parent sending my child away to play, you know, college football, like this is just a complete lack of trust. And then I'm sending my child away to be a part of this. There's racism involved. There is embarrassing behavior involved. All this just for Northwestern to win one game last year. Like that's crazy. And but would it, but would it make a difference even if they had won 10? But I'm just but I'm just saying to add injury to insult. And it's like it's a problem. And I think it starts with these coaches. They're all acting like they're like military generals and dictators. They're not developing players. Like this isn't the 80s. Like Jern was saying it before, the days of Saban and Belichick, like wanting to play for those guys are over. Like nobody wants to do that. Like guys want to go have fun and be treated like a person. Like this is why I think so many guys don't make it in the NFL from colleges. You guys got guys like this where they're not focusing on the things that matter, developing, developing the players, making sure that they're in the right space, you know, to succeed. They're just like my way or the highway. I'm just going to do crazy effed up stuff the way I want to do it. And nothing's going to happen to me because the university is going to have my back and I got a guaranteed contract. So I definitely think college football has a problem. And I think the racial aspect comes into it because there's no diversity. Like this ain't happening at a school with Dion. Like it's not just going to happen. Like Iowa. Yeah, it makes sense. There's nepotism there. There's a long, 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 long history of, of racial allegations and stuff like that. So it's definitely a problem. And I think what's going to start to happen is you're going to start to see guys aren't going to start to play for those certain coaches anymore. You're already seeing it. Guys want to go play with for Kirby Smart. Guys want to go play for Lincoln Riley. Guys are a little bit more laid back and fun. Same thing in NFL. Everybody wants to play for Andy Reid, McVay, Shanahan. So these old school coaches that are just doing crazy stuff, I think that's outdated. And that's what's going to change in college football. Yeah, you, you bring up a lot of good points there. And with this incident and with other coaches fired in other sports, I mean, we've seen it in men's basketball. Uh, women's basketball, and that's just to name a few sports. There's other sports where things like this has happened, and the and the coach recently has you know been fired. Um, you know they're they're fired for culture issues or specific discriminatory issues. Um, listen, we know it happens. You know we we know it happens. We saw it recently, like we just said, and you said in Iowa in 2020. Now, how prevalent is it? I mean, we don't know for sure, but I can guarantee you some coaches you know, woke up the day after Pat Fitzgerald, you know, was fired and they started to evaluate the culture of their program. Right. Because you now think so? I don't think so. When someone when, when someone loses their job, they're at least thinking about it now. I, I, I disagree. I, I tell you what, it well, depends let me on it. Let me finish. Well, on, I just, I just want to real quick. I think it depends on the coach. Like if this were Dabo Sweeney that went through the whole Pat Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald situation, then I'm like, OK, coaches across the country are like, all right, you know, let me let me reevaluate my program. But it's it's Iowa and Northwestern like they won one game. They were probably going to consider firing them anyway. So I don't think coaches are looking in the mirror like, all right, I, I'm in trouble. It, it depends on what type of guy gets fired. Well, I'll explain why I disagree. Like, I would think that Northwestern is not the only score to program or program that this is happening at right now. Right. It's just the one we know about. But and, and listen. It is a shame that the racially discriminatory cultures still exist um, and even occur in this day and age. But times are changing and people, coaches, administration, leaders of schools like they're starting to be held accountable. JT, you go back and look at Michigan State. Right. You, a lot of things happened there with the doctor that they had in place. A lot of people were paying for that. And Iowa 
one coach was fired from that staff. Now you see it with Pat Fitzgerald. And you're right, probably Dabo, maybe he doesn't get fired. But because this happened first at, with Fitzgerald and it was a firing, the precedence has been set. It'd be, you're right. If this was Sweeney and they're coming off a 10-win season, yeah, he gets suspended two weeks, they move on. But now, if anything like this comes out of Clemson, they almost have no choice but to fire him because the precedence has been set. They will be hammered, but the administration will be hammered. Why aren't you firing them? They fired Pat Fitzgerald. And what are they going to say? Well, Dabo wins titles. That's not, that is not a, an appropriate response that you're going to keep a guy just because he wins titles every couple years and wins 10 games when, like you said, all this stuff is, is happening to kids, teenagers, 17, 18, 19-year-old kids that are away from home for the first time that parents trust their sons with these coaches. I'm telling you, times are changing. And you're right. If this was Sweeney first, but now I think the precedence is set. If Mario Cristobal does anything like this I in Miami, because Mario. He, well, no, but what I'm saying is he's trying to toughen that that program up, right? But if this stuff is going on, which I don't think Mario, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think I, I think Mario's. But Mario's all I'm saying business. is, all I'm saying is Miami's looking at Mario as the next Dabo for their program. But if this stuff is happening, like because the precedence is set, they might have to let him go. So, like. Yeah. Obviously, I hope this doesn't happen to any programs, but if it does, people are being held accountable now. And we've seen it over the last couple of years, JT. And that's the right trend. You should be held accountable because you're right. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, for sure, that no one even knows about this. Yeah. And I was also I was also reading something where it's not just a football program like this is like an issue at Northwestern with other sports. Like I just I just want to I just hope that the players we're talking about football specifically. I hope they're looking at these situations and not just this one, but all these little situations that has popped up over the past like five or so years. Like, and I hope they look at coaches in a different light. Cause people forget Pat Fitzgerald. Remember when the Northwestern football players were trying to unionize way back? Mm -hmm. Like yep. Pat Fitzgerald was one of the ones that was against that. And then fast forward to when the NIL was starting to become a thing. And, you know, coaches like Dabo Sweeney speaking out like, Oh, you know, I don't, I don't think the NIL is good for football. Like I hope these guys are looking at it like, Hey, look, these coaches, have done all these things and been public about things that could help us as players. They've been so against, against that. Against it. Yep. And meanwhile, they're making ten million. They're making all this. They can break money. contracts whenever they want. They can leave the school whenever they want. Exactly. And even on the racial side, like we talked about Iowa, the guy that got fired. You know what happened to him? They tried to sneak him and get him an NFL job. Who was going to give him the job? But Urban notice Meyer. that. But CJT. But notice that as soon as he tried to hire him, a lot of backlash. Yeah, but it's because like. Because now the precedence has been set. Like, hey, man, like this ain't, this isn't cool. Yeah, but guys need to remember that stuff. Like, just pay attention to what the coaches do. Pay attention to what they say and let that determine where you're going to go. But we'll see what happens. I don't think much is going to change. But, I mean, you got you got more optimism than I am. I, I guess. And, and to be clear, I'm not saying anything about Miami. I was just giving an example of yeah. if, if something like that would happen at any program with a new coach. Like, I, I don't think they're – I don't think schools could hang on to that coach anymore. Yeah, and we you know? we even talk about Baylor. Like Baylor is another right. program you can throw into here where guys are just out of control and the coaches are just doing whatever the hell they want. So, so we can talk about boxing. I feel like we've been we've been waiting to talk about this for weeks now. Oh man, we've been waiting a month to talk about this next. <laughs> Yo, this Let's upcoming go. week may be the best week in boxing. Not just this year, like in years. Like you got the Tuesday morning fight in Tokyo between us. Uh, Stephen Fulton and Inoue, while love, it's at what? I think it's 4 a.m. Eastern. That's when it is. Well, I think that's when the undercard starts. When the undercard I, I think starts. The, main, the main event probably won't start until, I'd guess, like 7, 7.30, I would think. All right. So they're fighting. You got, time. You got time to sleep in, or I should say hey, wake up early. We know, we know you don't wake up until 9 a.m. <laughs> but no, but they're fighting for Fulton's WBC and WBO junior featherweight titles. So that's going to be an excellent fight. Then the big dog. Saturday, July 29th from Las Vegas is the matchup everyone's waiting to see for years. It's Errol Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford. It's a title unification showdown uh, for the welterweight belts. So let's jump right into his first fight. Who will win the Fulton versus Inouye bout? Listen, I'm not saying take, I'm not saying go to Vegas with this. It, and this is a little bit of a reach, I admit. I'm going to go Fulton here. Several reasons, though. He has a three-inch length advantage so what that means is he can fight from the outside 
He can use that jab, which he's very good at. If you watched him fight Danny Roman um, earlier, he fought from the outside, used that jab, and then he does a good job blocking his punches with, with his shoulder. Um, so I think right there, he can contain some of the punching power of Inoue by keeping him at a distance. Um, however, Fulton can also fight inside. So if it ends up being an inside fight, he can do that. Go watch the Brendan Figueroa fight where Fulton won that, and Figueroa is a pretty heavy hitter. Now, in a way, I think this is where it could the difference could be. In a way, started JT at the 108 division, meaning 108 pounds. He has now gone up four weight classes to 122. So he's moving up in power and weight. That's a, I don't know that's if he's a big jump. I don't know if he's ready for that, right? At 108, at whatever it is, 112, I don't know, the next the next uh, weight class, he's powerful at those lower divisions. He's the hardest hitting dude there. But guess what? 122, we're going to find out if you're the hardest hitting. We're going to find out if you can take a punch. But I can tell you this, we know Fulton can take a punch. He did it against Figueroa. He did it against other guys. And listen, I think with this win – Fulton gets his name on the pound for pound top 10 list. And because he becomes a household name in terms of people who follow boxing that maybe don't know about him yet, but he's going to, he's going to do that in, in, uh, in on Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, you bring up a lot of good points. I mean, bottom line is going to be a great fight and we've been waiting to see this, we've been waiting to see a fight like this for in a way for both of them for a while. And you're right about Fulton. Like, he's beat undefeated fighters in the past, and I feel like he's he's never really had, like, an easy road. So yeah. I'll give him that. Like, that'll keep him in this fight. But it's in Japan, and I'm going with the guy that Mike Tyson said is better than Manny Pacquiao. That's Inoue. I think what will what could get Inoue into trouble in this fight is what you, two things you said. One, obviously, like, the weight differential. I think that, that plays a factor at some point. But you said it. This guy can fight close. And I think that's when you get in trouble with body shots. And I think that's the one thing that in a way could get into trouble with in this fight is if he catches one of those body shots because this guy is used to fighting close, that totally changes the dynamic of the fight. But I'm still going with my guy, a guy who when we did a pound for pound boxing list, y'all laughed at me. It's like, oh, Wait. how does this guy even deserve oh, to be on this list? I'm, I'm going to go back and pull that tape because no one laughed. We I no. had him on the top Pound no, you pound didn't. They're like, oh, no, no, how, how can I'm you have him and Lomo on that list? But I'm no, I think it's a record. I think it's gonna be anyway. So you got Fulton, I got in a way. We'll wake up early. I'll be up before you and we'll see who wins. <laughs> you wish you I'll wish. be up, man. You got you gonna give you me wish. the ESPN plus login. Not after that comment. Not after that comment. I can't afford it, man. Come on, you're supposed to be your less fortunate friends. You're not you're not you're not a true friend, man. Sell one of your Lambos. I don't have I don't even have a car. For, for all the stuff you talk about, you know, you I don't even have a car. Like, you got the private helicopter. I got. I take public transportation. So let's get to the, the, the big one. Crawford, Spence, who you got? I, I like both of them a lot, but yeah. I've been I've been putting Crawford number one on my pound-for-pound pound list. I'm sticking with him. Listen, he may be a little rusty. He hasn't fought that much over the years, but he's going to find a way um, because he's all about boxing. This guy is all about boxing where not to take anything away from Errol Spence, but he's had some things going on the last couple of years. And, you know, he's had that car accident, some other outside stuff. And that worries me in terms of the moment of truth. When it comes down championship rounds, is he going to be there? Is he going to be that guy to step up? And I just think it ends up being Bud Crawford because it really is going to go down to the end. I, I think this could be, this is a 50-50 matchup. I'm just going with Bud Crawford. Um, the thing for Bud, he likes to start off slow, analyze his 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 opponent, where I don't think he can do that as much because I think Errol Spence is going to put the pressure on him, and Crawford can't be down, you know, four rounds to one or three rounds, maybe three rounds to one, but four rounds to one through five, that might be too much to make up against a fighter like Spence. But I'm going to go Crawford. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this this fight is closer than people want to admit. I do agree with you. I think it's 50-50, which is why they're getting paid the same amount of money in the purses. Um, I just feel like I'm obviously going with Errol Spence. 
And I just feel like Spence has been through so much, and I feel like he's due for something like this. He's due, he's due for a moment like this. And I agree with you. I, I do think Bud's gonna want to start off slow analyze, but I think I think Spence is gonna be ready to go, man. I think he I think he just wants this a little bit more. I'm not saying about much, I think he just wants this a little bit more. And I, I think that's gonna be the difference because I think everybody expects Crawford to win. So like all the pressure is on him. Spence is just like, you know, I got nothing to lose. I'm coming in here. Like I want to prove that I'm better than this guy. And I think that's going to be the difference. I'm calling my shot now. It's a KO by body shot in the ninth round. That's what I'm calling it right now. I think it goes the distance and I think Crawford wins. Listen, I think you're not giving Spence enough credit. People aren't just saying, oh, Bud Crawford's winning and that's it. Terrence Crawford's is I feel winning like, and that's it. No, I, I agree no, with you. It shouldn't be that way, but I feel like anytime I go online, like it's like, oh, like this fight's not going to be close. That's what I've been is, seeing. Is that just regular fans or is that analyst? Because if it's, you ask it's, the it's, analyst. It's the pulse of the people, man. Okay. All right. That's right. what you want me to do. <laughs> but I, I think you're discrediting Bud that Spence wants it more. Like I didn't say about much. I just feel like. He's, he's been, he's, I think he's Bud been Crawford through a lot. Upset. I think he's right been there. through a lot. I, I just right feel like there. he's going to want it more. He's going to want it more. Mm, I think you're wrong there. All right. So forget about it or forgazy. JT spelled it wrong again. I think he does do that just to irritate me. Get it right. Get it right. All right. So we're going to read a statement. If we agree with it, we think it's a hot take. We say forget about it. If we disagree with it, it's a trash take. We say forgazy. Are you ready? This is this has become world famous, JT. Did you trademark it yet before someone else? Uh, does? I didn't come up with this, so I shouldn't have to do the work. Wow. That typical JT. Typical JT. All right. First one. First one. The Jets limiting hard knocks, the HBO show, uh, hard knock limiting hard knocks access to the team into certain things is concerning. Oh, yeah, forget about it because they don't want to expose any decline in Aaron Rodgers before week one. Like they don't they they don't want anything out there about this guy before he actually steps on the field. And the fact that they don't want to showcase this young team and get more press for them, that is kind of concerning to me. It's like the Lions did this and it was great for their young team. Like they actually played better because of it. So the fact that the Jets don't want to do it, like, who are you guys to turn this down? Like, I don't give a damn if Aaron Rodgers is on your team or not. Like, this ain't the Aaron Rodgers of three, four years ago. Like, I think he's clearly going to be in decline this year. So I think that's concerning. They don't want to – they're going to limit the access to the show. Like, what are you going to show us? Like, we're there to see Aaron Rodgers. We're there to see Sauce Gardner. And we're there to see Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Like, like if we're not seeing those guys, like, I don't want to watch this show. It's forget about it. What's concerning for me – if they can't handle, I looked at it a different way. If they can't handle HBO and the created drama and everything that HBO tries to do, how are they going to handle the New York press and media, JT? How are you going to handle a full season of Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> like, well, supposedly he's turned over a new leaf. He said at his age today that he's more patient and he's going to show patience. Hold on, tell me, tell me. I, I, I want to ask this question just popped up. Do you think there is a there is a small chance that Aaron Rodgers could have like the Tom Brady turnaround going from like New England to Tampa Bay, him leaving Green Bay, going to New York, where all of a sudden he's the fun guy, teammates love him, he's fun with the media. You think that's a possibility that could happen with him with the Jets? Possibly, but hell no, man. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, man. <laughs> that possibly, was a trick question. Possibly up until the point where push comes to shove, they start to get on him for real. And that's my point. With these expectations, as, as soon as you lose one game, JT, if they lose the opener to Buffalo or they go one and two or they have a two-game losing streak somewhere in there, they're going to feel the heat. If they yeah, can't handle the division the heat, is The division yeah, is crazy. They, but I'm not saying just the heat from the division. I'm, I'm just saying, saying that's, that's why. <laughs> right. But the heat from the media because of the division, maybe losing two in a row in the division, how are you going to handle that in the media, the New York press, when you can't handle HBO? Hard knocks. Come on. I'm concerned. Next one. Very interesting. I saw this online and it really made me upset. So we got to talk about it. (laughs) Of course. The Heat won't be better than the Milwaukee Bucks, even if they get Damian Lillard. Forget about it or forgazy. Listen, I love Giannis Antetokounmpo, but if they get Lillard, all right, then it's forgazy. If they get Lillard, they're better than the Bucks. 
They are. Miami's better than Milwaukee if they get Lillard. I mean, they already beat him. Understand Giannis was injured. They got to the finals. Miami would easily be the team to beat out of the East preseason if they get Lillard. I don't see how they couldn't be based on what they did. Now, whether that happens in terms of by the end of the year, but yeah, on paper and going into the season, that's for Gazy. It's a lie because the Heat would be better than the Bucs going in if they did get Damian Lillard. It's Fugazi because we were already better than them. Now oh. in this scenario, we have Woo. game. Plus, Shots I know you guys fired. keep just just not thinking this is a big deal. They lose Mike Budenholzer as a coach. Like that is, I said that was a big deal. I don't think they should have fired him. And then I know Giannis, we're not disputing it. He's an all-time great player, but I think we're overrating their roster just a little. Hmm. Uh, Mike Regina, going back to the Aaron Rodgers uh, statement, our guy, Mike, thanks for listening. We know you're busy. Thanks for making time for us. He says, I hope he shows up to camp looking like Nick Cage from Con Air. He can't do that two off seasons in a row. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did that. And they didn't make the playoffs. So, <laughs> All right. Next one. James Harden wanting to reunite with Russell Westbrook. Makes zero sense. Oh, Fugazi, because he needs a guaranteed fall guy for when it doesn't work out. <laughs> like, who is the better fall guy than Russell Westbrook? As soon as James Harden goes to the Clippers and it doesn't work out, they're not going to be talking about James Harden not playing well. They'll be like, see, this is why you shouldn't have re-signed Russell Westbrook. He's done. Every TV's on, they, he just brings them down. They're trash. This is brilliant and strategic by James Harden. He's like, I don't got it anymore. Who could I go Get, take the fall from me. Oh, my guy, Russell Westbrook. I know he's a perfect candidate. This is brilliant. That's a good one. I'm just going to say forget about it. I don't care, James Harden. I, I really don't. Until you care, I don't care. Next one. <laughs> Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu could beat Steph Curry in the three-point contest. And this is in reference to her. Uh, that's, that's a goal performance in her three-point competition performance. 20 three-pointers in a row she that's, made that's, in that's, the WNBA three-point contest. That's unbelievable. I don't care who you are. I don't care that there's no defender in your face. When you hit 20 in a row, man, you can shoot. You can shoot. And so what was the statement again? That she could beat Steph Curry in the three-point shooting contest. Yeah, forget about it. Could? Absolutely could. I mean, again, it's shooting. We saw her in what she could do. And I mean, they they shoot 10 times. I don't know. Maybe she wins five of those contests. Maybe she wins eight. Maybe she wins two. But she definitely can win them. Yeah, I think it's forget about it because Steph Curry already acknowledged how great it was and said, me and her need to get in the competition to settle who is the best. So that shows you that he respects what she did and he acknowledges the talent that she possesses. So like you said, it's not like they're going to play a game. Like they're literally going – to a shooting contest with no defenders. Absolutely, I think she has a chance to beat him. And the fact that he wants to set it up, that lets you know it's legit. And I added this last one in, JT. Hopefully you saw it. I did put it on the script. Oh, I, I didn't see this one, but we'll talk about it anyway. Whatever. You saw it. Pre-production promised they would run it by you. So if it's on there, that you nah, must have okayed it. Whatever. So Cristiano Ronaldo is correct that the Saudi Pro League is better than the MLS. Now, he said that, uh, I think, just yesterday or a couple days ago, um, referring to, you know, Messi's appearance with Inter-Miami or his introduction. Um, and I don't know if you know, but Cristiano Ronaldo plays in the Saudi Pro League and not the MLS. So he stated that the Saudi Pro League is much better than the MLS. I mean, I'm assuming we're talking about from like the player perspective, right? Not not the fans. Like it's no. better for players to go to the Saudi League than come to LFL. No, no. I think he meant like the talent and the the game, like oh, in yeah. terms of the the skill, the game, for the sure. teams, the teams. Forget about it because one, they're gonna be able to pay them more than MLS will be able to pay players. I think they will. And I think the atmosphere will be more attractive to players that are already playing over, over there and not coming to America. Like, I don't think everyone wants to come to MLS. Like, I think it will heavily depend on how this messy situation goes. I think it will be easier to get guys to play in the Saudi league than it will MLS for guys at like a Ronaldo or a little bit lower level. So I kind of agree with him. Now 
long term, I don't know how that's going to look, but I think it has a lot to do with the money they can probably offer and then the other guys they can convince to go play with these superstars that are going to this Saudi league. Well, all right. I, I think you looked at it a little bit different, too. I also looked at it from the team in the whole league in general perspective. And I disagree with them wholeheartedly. That, that's Fugazi. And to say that, like, oh, the atmosphere over there is better. You haven't been to an MLS game. I'm sorry, bro. You, I have been to an MLS game. What? The Miami, I loved it. The Miami I, I loved Fusion, it. I loved the Miami it. Fusion in the late 90s? No, no. I went, to, I went to Orlando MLS game. I've been to two. I mean, it, the atmosphere is great. I'm not, I'm not saying MLS is not fun, but, I mean – if you ask an avid soccer fan, they're going to say it doesn't compare to league play overseas. How do you? But to Saudi, that is not the English Premier League. It's not the Serie A. It's not the La Liga in Spain. We're acting. You're acting like the Saudi league is is you know the German league. Come on, it's not. Listen, there's way more national team players that are relevant playing in the MLS than over there. All right, he's just salty. That Messi, that Messi got getting, it first. Yeah, not only that, but he's getting more press about it because he's over in the Saudi league where no one cares. But he cares because he's getting overpaid and he's taking wherever who knows that money's coming from. But name a team over there. You don't even team people don't even know what team he plays for. But I guarantee you, everyone in the world, Italy, Argentina, Brazil, Spain, England, they all know where, what teams Messi's playing for now. Inter Miami and David Beckham. All right. And, he, and also, I say also shout out to our guy, Corey Gibbs. So he 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 broke this first when he came on our show a couple weeks ago. He was like, we asked him, like, hey, is Ronaldo coming to MLS? He's like, ain't no way in hell. There's no way after Messi was the first one that he's going to follow suit. He's going to go and do something on his own. And little did we know, right around the corner, here it is. This is Ronaldo's retaliation to Messi coming to MLS first. So, Corey, we appreciate you giving us that, that heads up and that knowledge. He already knew. Corey, knew. thank you for that. You know, and, and Corey called it, and there it is. Like, Ronaldo is salty about it. And then you look at the league and the teams. JT, his team, Ronaldo's team, just lost to Celta Vigo. Not, not a great powerhouse in Europe, but a good team. They lost 5 nothing. all right, meaning Ronaldo's team lost 5 nothing to Celta Vigo. Now, Ronaldo only played one half. But still, it goes to show you there ain't no talent around there, all right? And then compared to MLS is what I'm saying, compared to the MLS. And plus in 2016, Ronaldo's on record having given high praise to the MLS. So, oh, now seven years later when the MLS is even stronger than it was in 2016, you want to come around and say the Saudi league is better because you're there and they're paying you? Uh yeah, I, I want to say forget about it. But you're Fugazi, Ronaldo. I don't know what got it to you with you're this question. But you're highly offended. So I'm expecting two things from you this season. I'm expecting you to attend multiple MLS games. Yes. And I'm expecting you to buy the MLS package and yes. watch all the games that you don't attend. Yes, and I'm expecting right. you to share the login with me. So if you're not doing those three things, just, this whole little whole little diatribe you went on is worthless. Because damn, I've never seen you go this hard for MLS. But you might be right. You argue. You argue so strongly, I'm going to change my answer and I'm going to go with yours. Just, just off you. sheer principle. Thank I feel like you bullied me you. into that. Thank you. And listen, I I didn't bully you. I, no, that, that's a bad word. But he I would say, like, I, did I really I, do that? I tried to go to the MLS, MLS All-Star game last night. It was in D.C. And the tickets on the secondary market, just too expensive. So couldn't do it. I don't have, I don't make the money that JT does. I don't have that guaranteed contract would give us a shot network. They're not even franchise tagging me. I think I'm on a league minimum at this point. Um, they, they, they said go test arbitration. <laughs> they said go test free agency. There was, you know, there was no other takers. Um, like I can't stand for that. I got to talk to those guys. <laughs> there you go. Stick up for me like like the running backs did. Give me, give me the login for ESPN Plus and the MLS. Uh, Bro, league. you make more money than me. You make more money than me. I should be getting the logins from you. You already have the stars I'm login. I'm broke as a joke, man. ESPN Plus. Yeah, because you got three Lambos in the driveway. All right. Any any shout outs for you? Because I have one. No, no, no. Uh, okay. Shout outs for doing the show with me. I appreciate it. Uh, I feel like you didn't annoy me as much as you usually do today, but uh, I'm pretty sure that will change. All right. I, I'm, uh, you know, I appreciate that. You're, you're getting nicer. The shout out for me living in D.C. here. Being in the DC studios, 
to all the Washington Commander fans, it was a victory, right? The unanimous vote, the Commanders are sold. Daniel Snyder no longer owns them. So we can all go back to a Washington home game for football, see some real football, see hopefully a well-run organization, and maybe actually see an NFC championship game. So, Commander fans, there's hope. There is hope yet again. Commanders fans, it's about to be Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell season. Get ready. Hey, hit me up. Uh, Sam nope. Howell wants to be traded nope. to my nope. dynasty nope. football nope. team. Nope. In the show. Hit me up. Nope. Hit me up. Nope. Not doing it. In the show. Uh, Mike Regina, I don't think that's the password for ESPN+. Plus. Sorry, bud. All right. So... JT, great episode to the fans and listeners out there. Thank you for listening to all the people that commented and liked the show tonight. Thank you very much. It adds to the show. It, it gives me a little bit of a buffer uh, between JT and myself. So JT and the Dawn All Sports Podcast, please subscribe to us. We can be found on all of the major platforms. And if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review in JT. If you don't like what we do, leave us a five star review. And remember, you can follow us on social media. Our handle at JT in the Dawn. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. Did I miss any, JT? No, nah, but I'll, I'll text you the with the new updated list. Ooh, I like that. All right. All right. Um, but JT, great episode, man. A lot of fun, a lot of stuff there. And until the next episode, see ya. Peace.